A starship floating in desolate space. Once manned by an eight-person crew, there is now but two souls left. They continue to man the vessel as they lose track of the days as well their minds. That is until they come across a distress beacon. They approach it and find a container drifting in the cold embrace of the infinite black. Inside is a plethora of video games and movies from the late 20th century. Together, they make a pact. They will comb through each and every one of these and send a beacon. Okay, what? <sighs> Alright, no seriously. Uh, this is an awful plan. This isn't gonna work, guys. I don't even know what the hell you're thinking this is gonna accomplish. You're just gonna get out there and both die in space, and it'll be all for nothing. I don't understand what you're trying to do with This is Super 8-Bit. Welcome to the Super 8-Bit Podcast. Let's just jump into it. I'm Dave, and this is... Oh, it's Ben. Sorry, I didn't know you were introducing me <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sounded very strange to me. This is uh... anyway. How, how are you today? You, you all right? Uh, I'm great. Um, we've been keeping in separate areas of the ship, but you know, Se- can't separate complain. Sections, you know, separate uh... sections. I'm in the holodeck uh, C. Whereabouts are you? Today? I'm in holodeck F. Uh, next to G, but not close oh, that, to C at all. That is a good one, and that is how the alphabet works as well. Yeah, it goes in alphabet structure. I thought it was strange as well, but there you yeah. go. That's, that's crazy. The SS fucking uh, Super 8 bit. It's very strange. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it, obviously we're, we're separate just due to, you know, the... Um, Alien infestation that uh, is going around. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, somehow leaked into our ship, but... Uh, you know. We're trying to get it out, but... Damn. Just a lot of washing your hands. That's the only way to get rid of it at the moment. Well, let's uh, let's jump into the question zone. All uh, right. Fast fire questions. Uh, fast fire. We're ready. Fast fire. Episode um, two. Let's go. So I'll start. Yeah, go on. If you had to speed run our entire friendship, what exploits would you use <laughs> to get to where we are today? Good question. Good question. So the exploits I would use, Dave, to get to where we are today, I would start, you know, when we met in college, that's where I'd use the backward stair jump from Mario 64 <laughs> to get us past that section. <laughs> and... Uh, when we didn't know each other, I would use the half-life jump where you jump on top of an enemy and you pick it up and you start flying through the air. That's what I'd use, sir. Can't say I've seen that one. Have you ever seen that? It's so funny. They just fly over half-life levels. What, what I meant more with that question is, like, if you could no-clip through certain areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or oh, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I've got, I've got that later up. And uh, I'm going to, in Breath of the Wild, you can do a massive shield jump across the map. That's what I do across <laughs> our university days. So you jump from like a height of like 50 foot onto a, like a bu- uh, a moblin, what are they called, bacoblin or something. Yeah. And you just do a shield jump at the right time and you just go flying. <laughs> That's what I so, do. Just you to know. clarify, yeah. you would use all this, the kind of... Uh, 
walk and skip exploits so you didn't have to you could get to me easier rather than like a whole session rather than like a whole like skip of a story of us yeah 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 no i wouldn't skip the story i'm skipping the gameplay and in our adult lives post-university i'm i'm not gonna lie dave i'm just gonna clip past the whole thing i've clipped into all the walls i've clipped through our jobs uh i've clipped up to the podcast Well, do you do you I, like? That? I think we could have skipped a lot of the a lot of the weight by just recording the podcast three four years earlier. I mean, if if the backward stair jump was necessary earlier, I would have used it and we would have recorded them. But there you go. <laughs> All right, Dave. Have you enjoyed <laughs> that? And I'm gonna throw you a little fast fire question. Here we go. What is one of your favourite scenes in a film? So in true us fashion, I couldn't pick one. Oh no, <laughs> I have <laughs> so, many. <laughs> the first one I picked. These are just two that I was, you know, I had to have a little, I had a little think. Yeah. And um, I'd say the first one is children and men. Oh, which scene are you picking? I'm interested. So it's a scene where spoilers, Reverend. Oh, cover your ears. <laughs> they're in like a war zone in like an abandoned well it's not abandoned but a block of flats full of people there's kind of a, a fat on ongoing fire going on between the military and uh, these kind of um you know people just trying to live yeah uh but then a miracle child is born in this world where no one has been born for i think at least 18 years at this point yeah. nobody knows why it's just kind of like a post-apocalyptic dystopian world where no one's been born that's the whole premise of the movie yeah but in this one scene the, the child has been born for the first time in 18 years everyone mm-hmm. is kind of in awe just amazed and like bellowing out it's, it's like <laughs> the new coming of the uh, you know, christ <laughs> is, this, essentially. is this towards the end of the movie i can't remember it's towards the end of the movie yeah, yeah, yeah. um so there's like marines coming in trying to like you know find i can't remember what they're trying to find but they're trying to you know rile people up. i really don't remember a lot of the movie now it's been so long <laughs> yeah. so they're walking through the building everyone's just to stop what we're doing and staring at them there are bullet hole bullets firing past occasionally yeah but we're all just kind of ignoring and walking through and then the military deep deep confront the military yeah. uh members and they call a ceasefire and everyone it like is in that moment is watching this child and is just amazed and they walk completely out of the, the war zone essentially and then within seconds it all starts up again as soon as they get out it's just crazy <laughs> that is a really good scene i think the cinematography is, really cool. is quite good in that scene if i remember as you well you could write like five essays at uni about that <laughs> as great. we have done with <laughs> uh, and the last one is a classic apocalypse now um, oh we love it i think you probably know what scene i'm talking about but it's oh, the... oh there's a lot of scenes i love that show take, a, take a quick guess uh all right are you gonna do the scene where he comes out the swamp and he's that's going, it yeah that's it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love it i love it as well <laughs> so there's the, the end by the doors playing um you can hear all the notes uh i love that in. shot where he's climbing up yeah. the building and the lightning goes so up in the background <laughs> yeah oh, the so lighting's cool. so good there's like a lot of play uh, playing around with the lighting like yeah, yeah. characters are walking in and out of shadows cinematography so good there yeah. as well it's like a proper like stealth metal gear game <laughs> <laughs> it's like the metal gear movie apocalypse now. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it's probably yeah um, escape from New York. Martin Sheen is a uh, snake. <laughs> Martin Sheen is snake. That'd be a great movie. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's just kind of climbing through the, the ruins while there's like a tribal ceremony going yeah. on where they're sacrificing a, um, an ox. 
as he's cutting down Marlon Brando, you see the socks getting massacred at the same time. It's like a, lot, a sacrifice. A lot of good cross cuts there, isn't there? There's a lot of really? good cross cuts. It is horrible to watch, but apparently. <laughs> but they... so is the whole film, so. <laughs> exactly. Apparently, the ox was given to local people and it was eight, so, you know. Obviously, it shouldn't have suffered as much, but. <laughs> That's, that's movie it business, was a baby. different time. It was the seventies. The they could murder an ox if they wanted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is a really good scene. It makes me want to watch the film again right now. So, um, what's the worst acting you've seen from your favourite actor? So he's not my favourite actor anymore for obvious reasons. But I remember. Let me take you back for a second, Dave. I was just a fourteen-year-old lad, and. Indiana Jones was one of my favourite trilogies. I said trilogies of movies. I loved Harrison Ford. He's so good. Even in Temple of Doom, you've got to give him kudos. He he was very good. And I was just a bright-eyed young boy going into the cinema to watch this new film, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh boy, Indy's on a new adventure. And um, <laughs> it starts off on that scene, you know, where they're having the fight through the warehouse. Yeah. And I was like, there's just something off about this. And um, slowly throughout that movie, to compare it to something, it was like I was losing my childhood innocence in the form of Harrison Ford. And I've got to say... Harrison Ford, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, you did not live up to your uh, your grand lofty heights in uh, Last Crusade. And that was, I've got to say, one of the... I couldn't just pick one like you can't, but it's one of the worst performances I've seen in a movie. I've got to say, I, I've got a controversial opinion. I enjoy uh, Crystal uh, Skull. Uh, I, I like Crystal Skull. I just think Harrison Ford himself... Is a little off. To be honest, I don't really remember his performance that well. I, I just think the, I think the whole movie is fine. I think the movie is fine, except yeah. for the CGI gophers at the beginning. Yeah, well, the whole <laughs> beginning sequence, I'm like, mm, it's like fun, I, but it's like. I even think the nuclear fridge thing that was. Oh, oh. It took liberties, but I, I think I like it. I think that got. I like um, it. <laughs> I think that got you know unfairly. Like well, yeah, it's obviously criticized. unrealistic, but so is you know. Aliens and Aztec. I like um, how they brought the whole alien thing in. I was like, I, th- I think it's yeah. cool. It fits in well with the other films because they're all like religious and exactly. myth. Yeah, this is maybe the most outlandish of them. But mm. they've had like you know the Ark of the Covenant burning people's face off. They've had yeah. actually no. They've had a fucking a ghost night. It's not outlandish. <laughs> I just think Harrison Ford's performance itself was lacking. Yeah, personally, and that's what I didn't like about the movie. Yeah. Well. That's a good question. There you go. Uh, all right, so uh, yeah, here you go. Your last fast fire question for yourself: What is a game you thought you'd like but actually hated? So for this, I'm gonna go for. It's not exactly I hate the game. I just I can't play it. You can't play it, like, but you yeah. thought you'd like it. I I really want to like it. You were like in the mood to like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I've been in the mood to like it for years. It's Dwarf Fortress. I'm not sure oh, if you've heard. Of Dwarf I've Fortress. never heard that. Can you give me a bit of context? So it's like an ASCII art fantasy game. Right. So it's all text, doesn't it? As in, when I say text, with text makeup. You mean the like a, one of those text text games where it's like going north ninety degrees? No, no, it's not. Even, well, it is kind of like that, but yeah. the actual map like you're you're seeing a top-down vision it's yeah. all like letters to represent things right so it's just a screen of what you'd presume is just gibberish but okay. you've got to like get used to it and that's how you see it you can download like mod packs to 
put images in the game to represent things, so you can see it, it looks like a top-down game. Sounds really interesting, actually, like a sort of experiment, yeah. It, it's amazing. It's mostly coded by one guy over all these years. I can't remember how old it is now, but yeah. it, it, the level of detail is ridiculous. You're, it's insane. There's just coding for every little thing, and I'll give you an example. I think there was a, a, a thing after an update where people were having trouble understanding why their cats kept dying in their, like, base. <laughs> in their fortress and it turned out like after some investigation it turned out that these cats were dying from alcohol poisoning yeah they traced that back to when the dwarves were like celebrating in their fortress after an event or something or you know dwarves (laughs) drink alcohol when they were like clanging their glasses together a bit of alcohol was coming out of a cup landing on the floor and these cats had drunk so much from the, the tiny bit that was on the floor that yeah. they got alcohol poisoning. Is that died. possible? But I, I, yeah, no, I it, that's well. the level of detail that is keeping track of quite a lot of alcohol stemming from cups. You said you didn't like it. I don't, I don't. I just don't like. It's so hard to get into. I really would love to get into it. It's an amazing. You think you might game. just need a bit more time with it, or what? I'm gonna like. I'm, I keep trying every year. <laughs> like <laughs> at least is. once a year, I will download it. It's it's free. It's available everywhere. I think it's yeah. come to Steam soon, so I'm not yeah. sure if they'll include maybe more easier access. Do you just have like a traditional date? You set it up every year. Not a specific date. It's just like <laughs> one day I'll be like, I really wish I could play Dwarf Fortress today. I'm gonna like it. <laughs> what video game would you love to see adapted to film? Now, I had a big think about this because obviously successfully, I'll add. Oh, successfully, because I was about to say there's been a lot of video games that have been unsec- unsuccessfully converted into film. You know, Uwe Boll movies like Max Payne and stuff like that. Is it? Isn't that Yule Boll? Yule Boll? I say Uwe. I think that's the German. Uwe, Uwe okay. Boll. Maybe you're right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, if you're listening, you ball, uh, email in. <laughs> please don't challenge me us. to a boxing match. I'm a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> he does that. It's gonna beat me up. But uh, yeah, so there's been a lot of negative video game movies. I watched one recently called Prince of Persia. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I thought oh, that was Jake pretty. Gyllenhaal. Yeah, pretty bad. But um, Not and, seen it, but... Assassin's Creed, I think is. One of the most recent, which I didn't Michael see. Michael Fassbender? That's it, yeah. I haven't yeah. seen I've just stayed not away from it. The best one I think I've seen is Scott... I know that's not the question I'm just saying, but it's Scott Pilgrim, if you count that as a video game movie, which I kind of do. I wouldn't. It's got a lot of video game references. and Yeah, but it's, a, it's not from a video game. Yeah. I can yeah, you got to give it some leeway, though. I suppose it's not like, based it is, on... It, it is about video games, but I wouldn't yeah. say... I suppose know. it's not sort of based on one, you know, but... Still, well, anyway, this is a conversation. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there's a, uh, a uh, Adam Sandler 9/11 movie where he plays uh, what the Colossus game? What's it called? Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus. So is there I, I wouldn't a call Adam that a Sandler game movie. 9/11. Movie? <laughs> Are you not sure you're mixing that with the Robert Patterson 9/11 movie? Nope. And he he plays. Okay, it's either 9/11 or <laughs> cancer. It's one of those. <laughs> Horrible things Horrible. that he's trying to deal with. Or is he... it Adam Sandler's genocide movie? I can't remember which one. <laughs> which one? <laughs> Adam Sandler, you've been in lots of movies. Jack, Jack and Jill inside. 
Uh, I thought you were going to mention Pixels by Adam Sandler and make a good comparison. Oh, okay. that was I, I thought that's the route you were going to go down there. But, uh, I guess that's the same thing. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I didn't answer the question there. But um, yeah, video game. I had a big think about this. Almost went for Zelda um, because obviously it's Zelda. I love it. One of my favorite video game franchises. And I think it could be done justice. But then I thought... It's such a game. Like he never talks. So how would you make that into a movie? And I, so I didn't go for I that. I think in the end. it could be done. It could be done, but you'd have to handle it really carefully. And I'm not sure I'd be comfortable with him talking. Is the thing in Breath Breath of the Wild? There's a lot of cutscenes in that, and they work really well because it's Zelda, I think. Yeah. So it's like, but anyway, I like I like movies where the character doesn't speak that much. I'm fine with it. I mm, I can't think of a lot of movies where that's the case I'm sure there are but at the moment I just can't who would you cast as each character character? (laughs) this isn't what I'd go for by the way but I will cast it in uh, the hypothetical Zelda movie Uh, Link maybe Owen Wilson (laughs) wow (laughs) well that wasn't even a meme but wow wow who would you cast as Link um Oh, yeah, I can't be Owen Wilson. <laughs> I feel like he'd bring the comedy. It'd be like the CDI game. Like, it'd be so freaking old. I just old, love like. busting the dunk. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, I think that's the end of that question. Uh, well, I, I didn't even answer it. <laughs> You've already failed. Right, right, the answer, the real answer is uh, Shovel Knight, I think, would be the perfect video okay. game movie because I love, the, I love the story in Shovel Knight. Have you completed it firstly? Um, I've not completed it, but I've got I like. I won't spoil it for you, but I'll just say it's got a really good um like character arc in it, and I think you could really expand on that in a movie. And all the villains are amazing. It, if you haven't played Shovel Knight, please play it because it's like a mix of Castlevania and Mega Man, and it's just amazing. <laughs> and Owen Wilson is Shovel Knight, by the way. through to the next segment of the show last week we talked about super mario land 2 with recommendations of dave thank you for that dave by the way no worries <laughs> and uh, this week i've recommended a new game uh sonic cd not 3d don't get confused cd <laughs> and, uh, to start with i'm just gonna give you a little bit of history on the game leading up to this point so here we go let me take you on a trip Back through time, ooh. And <laughs> back in the day, and this is, I'm talking about the 90s, early 90s, um, CDs were seen as sort of godlike almost because games came on cartridges usually. So CDs were like this lucrative thing, like 
always getting better. We've got to switch to CDs one game because CDs, you can put a lot more space on them and the sound quality, just everything's a bit better. So everything's at the cartridge at the time. The CD showed limitless potential. And um, Sega back in the day, this was early 90s. So at this point, they're having a bit of a, a fight with Nintendo, the console wars. If you haven't heard of that, that's where the um, Super Nintendo and Sega Mega Drive, or Genesis, as it was called in North America, were having a bit of a battle over who, whose console was better. So basically, Sega always was trying to be cutting edge. They were the, you know, the young kid. If, if Nintendo was your dad, you know, Sega was like your cooler, younger brother. And they were trying to always be cutting edge at the forefront of different things. And so Sega, trying to get ahead of the curve, they released the Sega CD, which in Europe is called the Sega Mega CD. And this was aimed mainly for their classy, high-end consumers. They released that in about 1992. Should have had the actual date in front of me, but I don't. It actually took them a while, though, before the quality titles started coming out for Sega CD. So it started off a bit slow, and they needed developers for it. And it was a bit of a risky move developing a game for the Sega CD, because if you think about it, you can't cross it to the Mega Drive or the Super Nintendo. It's Sega CD or nothing. Obviously, you can try and get it to the PC as well, as many companies did with games like Snatcher. Hideo Kojima experimented that with Snatcher. Uh, but for most third parties, the Sega CD wasn't really a lucrative market. Sega game development couldn't even really create their own games. They, um, they had to get some of their staff to work on Sega in-house titles. But... With a new Sega console, you always need a new Sonic game, which is where Sonic CD comes in. Uh, they had their new company mascot, as you remember. Uh, Dave, I hope you will already know. Sonic was quite a new creation by this point. Oh, okay. There had only been one Sonic game before this, Sonic 1. Yeah, you, you, oh, really? you look confused there. Yeah, I, I thought I'd pull that twist in right at the start. I always thought, I just assumed this was after 3. No, 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 no. This was a, a pseudo-sequel to Sonic 1. If you, It's kind of a Sonic 1.5. That's crazy. So, yeah, I know. Like you were, you were making a few references to chemical plants and things like that. But this, uh, this that actually couldn't have been a thing back then. But there you go. So basically, to put it simply, after Sonic One came out, Sonic One was made by J the Japanese Sega team. But Sonic Two, the whole team went over to North America to make the sequel. That's why. Have you ever played say, Sonic One before, Dave? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a very different feeling game to Sonic Two, isn't it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like it's a bit slower. Yeah, a lot more platforming, not as speedy. You think about the fast heights of Chemical Zone, there's nothing like that in Sonic 1. There's Marble Garden, you're jumping over lava beds and things like that. So the designer, Naoto Oshima, sorry for my Japanese <laughs> pronunciation, he stayed behind in Japan while the rest of the team went to Sonic uh, 2. He was responsible for Sonic's character design, and the colourful feel of the stages. So when it came to making a new Sonic game, Oshima was actually the most qualified to create and lead the new team. Oshima had more time and freedom than the Sonic 2, because obviously Sonic 2 was trying to reach a crunch period. They needed to get that sequel out. You make a great game, you got to get the sequel out. Uh, so there was less at stake for Sonic CD, if you know what I'm saying. There, he had more time to mess around. Uh, so because of this, he actually added a lot of new features to the Sonic um 
you know, sort of formula, one of the obvious new features being um, time travel, which was an actually a scrapped idea for Sonic 2. Would you believe it? They were going to wow. put that in, but they decided not to. <laughs> would Sonic 2 be better with time travel, David? <laughs> uh, I'm personally, I think the time travel mechanic was ambitious. It is very ambitious for the time. I agree. <laughs> but I don't think it was done well yeah i hugely agree we'll get into that a bit more later but um they could have done a lot more of the time travel i think personally but basically with the time travel they made it so each zone has four different modes so you have the path you have the present which is where you start you have the past of each zone you have two futures depending on if you get the robot transport which you destroy in the past you have the good future and you have the bad future just think about that for a second they had to create every level four different times to make sure they would uh meld into one another which is quite a lot and very ambitious as we said the aim of the game is like i said to go into the past destroy the robot transporter and be rewarded with the good future essentially <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about that later. I have a lot of things to say about that. But with the bad Nick, uh, with the good future, it's basically bad Nick free. You can go to the good future. There's no enemies. Obviously, there's still a lot of spikes. Now, to time travel, Sonic needs to sort of run really fast after he passes a signpost that's like future or past <laughs> you look like you're about to say something dave do you want to it's basically the plot of back to the future <laughs> if you haven't seen back to the future sonic cd is back, back. he kisses his mom <laughs> you gotta kiss your mom who's amy rose in this game play chuck berry <laughs> and beat up the bully and doc brown's in there as well so it fits really yeah. well great scott sonic gotta do something about your rings i actually think this game was inspired heavily by back to the future for obvious reasons because it's like you've got to go fast it's a seamless transition from one section i know it's not seamless there's a loading <laughs> screen but that was because of the hardware limitations at the time uh the designer naoto washima actually wanted it to be seamless that would have been he cool, envisioned it Obviously, there was a big... It, that's very hard to do on a, yeah. six, on a Sega CD, you know. Yeah, you hit, you run really fast, and it's a loading screen. Didn't want it, but that's what, well, that's what we got, unfortunately. Oshima, uh, when he was creating this game, also wanted to put in a new rival for Sonic, and this is where the creation of Metal Sonic comes in. <laughs> One of the coolest characters in Sonic lore. I agree, I think. Did you ever play Sonic Heroes? That's the first time I, did, I came yeah. across him. What did you think of him? <laughs> what team was he on? Was he with Shadow and Gamma? No, he didn't have a team. He was just oh. a bad guy of oh, the game. Was he? he was okay. the antagonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always love uh, Sonic, uh, Metal Sonic, is in Sonic Adventure as well. And like he's a test in a little back to tank, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, just, uh, <laughs> he's just cool, you know. There's always like a cool evil version of like every character in movies and games. Isn't he truly is the Bizarro Superman of well, the Sonic Bizarro universe. Superman's not very cool, but... <laughs> <laughs> he's the, uh, the reverse Flash of the Sonic universe. Yeah. <laughs> I think Reverse Flash is a stupid name, but Metal Sonic is cool. Here we go. So, uh, so he was designed to have an intimidating, deadly look, and I think he's really cool. Actually, did you notice that the glossy um, edge he sort of has is supposed to remind you of CG? Because there was a lot of CG <laughs> movies coming out around this time, so it's supposed okay. to feel cutting edge. Well, he definitely left that impression on me. <laughs> 
I'm sure it did, and I'm very excited to hear your opinion of it. But Jurassic Park came out the same year, and you think of the CG in that, you think of like Metal Sonic and stuff like that. Did the two, Metal Sonic and Sonic, take center stage on the box art? It's supposed to be the true rival for Sonic. Obviously, the only other antagonist at this point is um, Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. So this is like the true... Metal Sonic, he's the antagonist. There you go. Yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting, obviously, what you've said. Knuckles didn't exist. Knuckles didn't exist. Uh, Tails did exist, but at a design point, so really no. Wait, yeah, so Tails wasn't in the first game. Exactly, Tails isn't in the first game. You've got to think, like, put Sonic CD in order of the Sonic games. It makes a lot more sense. In the original Sonic CD, was Tails in that? No, that was just something Christian Whitehead added to the later versions. It was just Sonic. And obviously, there actually is somewhere else in the game that I will talk about. Uh, This is also the creation of, weirdly, Amy Rose, who makes her debut here. I don't actually have a lot to say about this, but they created Amy Rose, and she's in different parts of the game. Do you have anything to say about Amy Rose in this game? Was the Sonic animated series out of this point over the Archie comics? Ah, I think the the Archie comic might have been after this, because a lot of... Because Metal Sonic's in a lot of the Archie comics, isn't he? But... Yeah, I couldn't confirm it, wasn't I? Because obviously really. Sally the Squirrel was Sonic's, like, love interest. She existed in the animated series. Sally's quite cool, though. She's, like, a sort of leader. She's, like... Yeah, you know? but, like, I don't mind Amy, but obviously what Amy become in Sonic Adventure, I hate. Yeah. It, I think the retro Amy's quite cool. If you ever watch the Sonic Mania shorts that Sega puts out... She doesn't really do anything, but... <laughs> Yeah, in the, yeah, she doesn't do anything, but that's more what they had in mind when they designed her, I think. And she does like look cool. She has a great design in her early stages. I don't like what they did with her in Sonic I Adventure. I don't mind the design of a new one, but her personality is annoying. Like... Yeah, I guess you could see that in this game as well. Mm-hmm. But Anyway, that's Amy Rose. I don't have a lot to say. <laughs> I suppose I'll talk about her a bit more later. <laughs> Something else that's quite impressive with this game is the fully animated intro sequence which the team envisioned as they were creating the game they obviously were trying to be cutting edge and so they made a fully rendered anime intro sequence and outro sequence to the game which no one in their right mind can deny the absolute coolness of the anime sequence probably my favorite part about the game watching this it's amazing. It's, it's everyone's favourite part about the game. <laughs> like, it's so cool. You watch it for the... F- I remember, did you ever have Sonic Mega Collection I did, Plus? Yeah. It came with that. Oh, you could okay. watch the sequence. And I used to just watch it over and over again. I used to try and read again. the comics and it's poorly. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> he goes into the special stage in the comics, doesn't he? It's really strange in Sonic 2. But, uh, oh, I, I've, I haven't dropped this ball on you, but on the Sega CD, maybe I'll show you. No, I, I won't show you, but it basically... The intro sequence is cropped a lot, so it's a lot more staticky, and it's in a smaller box, if you get me. It's in a rectangle, because obviously Sega CD, so it doesn't look as cool. But it's still there, to be fair. And they rectified that in the PC port three years later. They showed the fully rendered animated sequence in all its glory. And yeah, there you go. (laughs) One of the coolest things about the game. It was actually done... um, Guess how how much space this occupied, the sequence What's the total space? Uh... I couldn't answer that, but it's not okay. a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna Imagine say, a small amount of megabytes. Uh, I'm going to say, like, 24 megabytes. It's very close. It's 13 megabytes, okay. which is eight times the size of the average game card, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> now, everyone agrees that the animated sequence is amazing. 
uh, I haven't told you yet that the Sonic community is very split on this game, whether they like it or hate it. If you type in Sonic CD into Google, like Sonic CD Reddit, there'll be a million questions being like, so did you actually like Sonic CD? <laughs> Just people confused and not sure. They're really split down the middle. People say you play it in different ways. People always agree the intro sequence is amazing. And another thing they always agree on is the music which uh, I think is just brilliant. Uh, I love all of it. Uh, and because of the CD format, the music actually, the music team actually had sort of endless possibilities for creating things. Uh, a bad thing about that is they had less uh, excuses for messing up. Just general thoughts on the music, Dave. What do you think of it? Uh, I really enjoyed the music. Obviously, uh, last week, well, last episode, sorry, you mentioned uh, listening to the Japanese-only uh, gameplay. Uh, so I did, I did yes. that. It was a lot of... Um, a lot of sampling from like voice lines, which was kind of oh, cool. I'm, I'm surprised you noticed that. Yeah, that's a big part of the music in the game. Like, uh, so I'll go into a bit more detail on that, and we'll talk about the rest of the music a bit later on because I actually have a lot to say, and we'll play okay. a few clips. Like Dave says, there's a Japanese soundtrack and a US soundtrack, but the Japanese was done by <coughs> Nawafume Ataya. Who was in charge of the music? <laughs> this was a big challenge for him. The early demos were turned down, uh, so they went to uh, uh, what's his uh, name, Oshima, and he turned them down. He didn't like them. He said they wanted an edgy sound. They wanted so they looked. The music team looked weirdly at America to influence the music. They looked, yeah, that makes it all the more funny <laughs> that they turned it down at the end. But they looked at the recent trends and they saw how the music there was popular with things like techno. Uh, and there's a big techno influence in their soundtrack. And the game ended up with a, a techno and club sound. And it fits in with the modern sort of time traveling themes pretty well, I yeah. think. That's personal opinion, but there you go. Uh, they were able to even use the talents of local singers. And again, pr- uh, forgive me for my pronunciation, Casey Rankin. And Katu Otaku, which is pro- definitely wrong, but I'm just going to carry on. <laughs> you try. Who lyricized the start and ending. You'll notice, Dave, when you played the Christian Whitehead port, that they actually took the lyrics out of the uh, start and ending songs. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you were unable to hear that, which is a shame because I actually think they're really good. Um, not the case of the US soundtrack, though. Back to the music a second. Space was a huge issue. As I, I just told you the megabytes yeah. of the uh, opening <laughs> sequence alone. Imagine trying to put all the music on there. The music in the pass zones uh, is actually put onto the chip in the actual Mega Drive. So every pass zone in the game is in the Mega Drive and the rest of the games are in the Sega CD. Does that huh. make sense? doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but there's a chip in the Mega Drive where the pass zones are stored. So, hold on, are you saying the actual Mega Drive shipped with a chip with part of a soundtrack of this game on? Clearly I'm not saying that, but I don't know what else it could be. Maybe it connected to the Mega Drive chip and it fed back... I'm not a technician. Okay. <laughs> that, so, uh, that's a lot of uh, promise on this, this one game. a lot game. to unpack there, and yeah. I clearly haven't done it. <laughs> so as a result of that, Dave, in both the US and the Japanese soundtracks, the pass zones stay the same. So you, a lot of Americans actually have heard the pass zones at least. So towards the end of production... Joe Miller from Sega of America. He went over to Sega of Japan to check out this, you know, cool soundtrack that they made with American audiences' mind. You know what he said? Actually, uh, this is a great opportunity for us to make our own music in the game. (laughs) Just flat out, turned it down. 
Fuck off. He thought this was a great opportunity for their own sound studio. Bear in mind that the game already has a set release date by this point. Okay. So this was pitched to Sega of America's composer, Spencer Nielsen. And guess how long he had to write the American soundtrack? Good. Seven weeks. Wow. Imagine writing an entire soundtrack in seven weeks. <laughs> Especially for the amount of songs that are in the game as well. Because you got to think, they have the past zones already done, but the rest of the music, he redid them. So that three tracks per zone, I should say. Uh, and the seven zones, you do the maths, I can't figure it out, but that's a lot. Uh, weirdly, the American soundtrack is just as good as the Japanese one, if not a little better in the bad future. And I'm amazed he did it in seven weeks. I was listening to the uh, American soundtrack today, and I've got to say, tip my hat to you, sir. I'm amazed you did that in seven weeks. It's got a real, It's got a lot more guitars. The American soundtrack is one a lot more band oriented. I think the the bad music, the bad future music, turned out to be the best for most of them. In yeah, my opinion, I agree. At least. When you hear the American bad future music, I think you'll really like it because it's very sort of Halo-ish. <laughs> it's really cool, like Tron sort of vibes, like a lot of heavy guitars and things like that. They went here for a funky, quirky sound, and it really pulled off for them. They even have a band uh, who they brought in, who Spencer Nielsen saw the previous week, called Pastiche. I think that's it, Pastille? No, it's got to be. Uh, they, which are an all-female vocalizer, and they wrote the lyrics for what a lot of fans consider the most iconic piece of music in the game, the Sonic Boom opening. Do you want to uh, listen to that now, Dave, and yeah, see what you we'll think? Yeah, we'll give it a listen. obviously a bit cheesy but it works oh yeah oh yeah it's hugely cheesy <laughs> i think it leads really well to the crush 40 songs uh the sonic team makes later to this i think they were all heavily inspired by it like you got to think open your heart city escape yeah, <laughs> yeah. all the crush They're 40 all... uh, songs yeah from the crush 40 sega songs i think they were really influenced by sonic boom i can't confirm it but that's what it I'd, sounds I'd like i'd just to... like to say as well uh yeah. a, a little fact about ben uh, is he <laughs> told like me when he was in high school he had an iPod just full of Sonic music from across all the games <laughs> and he used to solely listen to just Sonic soundtracks why would you embarrass <laughs> me like that on a podcast? It says a lot about his uh, fast nature I, I realise and I realise this listening to the last podcast I'm coming across like a real Sonic Summit, Sammy Klossick uh, Sonic fanboy <laughs> Sonic uh, but, so, sorry I called you Sonic fan Ben uh, <laughs> no I'm not so, Sonic but thank you <laughs> ben, uh, ben is a big Sonic fan but he's not like he's not into like modern Sonic fanboys no. he hasn't got an OC is what I'm trying to say Yes, <laughs> I wish I, I should get an OC. I would implore all our fans to draw an OC of Ben as a uh, hedgehog. Yeah. But, uh, I do not employ to do this because uh, I'm already disturbed to speak. <laughs> <laughs> In Sonic Forces, you can create your own character, can't you? Can. you? But, I've got Sonic Forces on PC. You, you have it. I, I, pl- I would love I, to see you play that sometime. <laughs> I got it in a humble bundle. I'll play it sometime, but I, I haven't given it a go yet. They bring back the death egg in that game, don't they? Yeah, I've heard good things about it. I've heard very mixed things. Yeah, but, I mean, I'll give it a go at some point.
I've got to say a lot of the facts in this video were um, brought, uh, I got them off a YouTube video by Stray Fox. I think you should check out his channel. He does a creation, how most of Sonic games were created. I just really want to give him big ups. So anyway, that's the history of Sonic CD. And uh, I'll just tell you quickly what my personal history of the game is. Uh, so basically, um, we were talking about Sonic Mega Collection before, weren't we? Have you ever heard of Sonic Gems Collection? It rings a bell. I don't think I've ever owned it. Yeah, so it's like another sort of ex expansion on the... In 2005, they like brought out a lot of Sonic games randomly. It must have been an anniversary. They brought out Sonic Gems, which had three games on it, and I bought it. It had Sonic CD, Sonic the Fighters, and Sonic R. Truly the gems of the series. Sonic Fighters, <laughs> I've seen that before. Uh, Amy's in that, isn't she? Amy is in that, yes. Are you a big Sonic the Fighters fan, Dave? Uh, I played the demo when it, cause it was ported to Xbox uh, 360. Was it? I didn't yeah. know that. There's a lot of cool characters in it, but uh, the controls... It sick. has, like, um, Bean the Dynamite and Fang the Sniper yeah. and things like that. It's really interesting, but uh, it's an obscure game. But I had Sonic CD on as the point, and that's when I first played the game. I must have been 2005. I was a... It, big into my Sonic face. Sonic Heroes had just come out and I had it on the PS2 and I, I picked up this new Sonic game. I By this point, I'll let you know, I've, I'd already completed Sonic 3 and Knuckles, loved it, had it on PC. Uh, I played Sonic 1, I really liked that. I played Sonic 2. Here I am picking up Sonic CD like, oh boy, another retro Sonic game for my vast catalogue of retro Sonic games. I'm excited. Played it, absolutely hated it. One of the worst Sonic games <laughs> i ever played in my life. <laughs> Uh, how weird of me to play a Sonic game like it was a Sonic game. Because the trick of this game, the problem was, you don't play it like a Sonic game. <laughs> it's almost like they uh, missold a pinball game as a Sonic game again. Oh, that would never happen, Dave. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> don't even joke. <laughs> I actually had Sonic Spinball on a, a Game Boy Advance collection of Echo the Dolphin oh, wow. as well and Golden Axe. So I actually, I, I thought it was weird then as well, but... Did you ever have Sonic Spinball back in the day? Um, I don't think we did. I, my brother said it, my, the console, the Mega Drive, was my brother's. But I feel mm. like he said he enjoyed it, but I don't remember ever having it. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure. I don't know if he rented my it. My brother maybe. had it, but the cover art scared him so much he sold it. Wasn't it just like gooey green slime? And now it's Sonic running away from Robotnik and it's <laughs> going down the sort of a rail. It's very strange. It uses the uh, Archie the Comic style. I think, okay. instead of the traditional. It's disturbing. But uh, basically, it came... Uh, when I played it, it had the, and I hated it, it came out with... Uh, I played it with the North American soundtrack, which really um, weirded me out, especially the boss music, the infamous boss music, which creeped me out to no extent. Still got that laughing in. This reminds me of another game. Which game? It might be half life like doing yeah, a speedy bit speedy chase. Things. Oh, it's so weird. Oh, I think it might be Crash Bandicoot it reminds me of. Like a factory oh, I mean, levels. I'd be interested to hear that. <laughs>
and that was the boss music for the US soundtrack, and it hugely creeped me out as a kid. Dave thought. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I thought it's quite cool. It, it, it's definitely creepy, but uh, it, yeah. it reminds me of uh, Crush Bandicoot, the kind of factory levels and that. Yeah, I was never a cr- big Crush Bandicoot player when I was a kid, but I know you were big into it. <laughs> Crush Bandicoot was to me what Sonic is to you. <laughs> Even though <laughs> I played my, Sonic as well, but yeah. <laughs> you were uh, a master of all worlds and I was just a master of Sonic. <laughs> my domains are infinite. You're like the Thanos of a crash. <laughs> of, of console mascots. We got, we got Sonic, we got Mario, we got... Yeah. Crash Bandicoot. We got Gex. We got Billy Hatcher from Dreamcast. How did you forget your favourite, Dave? Jack and Daxter. Oh yeah, of course. The yeah, they buy Naughty Dog as well. I hear they've got the best boss zones in um any game. Yeah, and the best bosses. Bloody hell! Recommendation for next week, I hope. So that was the um, American boss theme. Do you want to hear the Japanese boss theme to actually give you a bit of context to what the Japanese want? Do you remember what it sounds like? Yeah, let's get it up. I want to hear that again. Okay, so this one's definitely like 90s rap. It's so 90s, isn't it? (laughs) Do you notice the lyrics in it? Belly. Yes, yeah, so that that one's a bit of a mess. Yeah, what do you think of that? I'll actually, I'm really interested in your thoughts on that. Uh, you definitely knew you were facing a boss because it played every time. But um, I feel like that's the only reason you're facing the This brings up a really interesting thing with the music that they a lot of the tracks are lyricized, like, but you don't get that in any other Sonic games. What do you think of that? I mean, I feel like when you say lyricized, I feel like they're barely lyricized. It's just <laughs> yeah. the lyrics in this one are. It's just random samples. Come on, look that sucker to death. It just sounds like random samples. But like, like a... one thing about a sample, though, is it reminds me of uh, not maybe not that song, but in most of the other songs, it reminds me of uh, public service broadcasting. Oh, I never thought of that. I'm a big public service broadcasting fan. <laughs> yeah, maybe is that why you're such a big fan? Maybe. Maybe. Although yeah. the first time I heard this was before public service broadcasting. But yeah, but you I said just... you didn't like the game at first. Yeah, that's probably a big reason. Well, obviously the Japanese one's a lot more upbeat. The American one sounds like, you know, the world's about to end and everything's dying. Exactly, which is more fitting. Which is more fitting with the game, to be completely honest, because in the story, I'll go over the story, it's Robotnik. He's uh, chained up this planet that comes down like every hundred years or so. He's chained it to the Earth or Mobius or wherever this takes place. And um, he's trying to take it over. They have these time stones and he's trying to collect all of them to become the true master of time so he can basically <laughs> take over the world and kill everyone. So Sonic's going up there to try to stop him, which is the plot of the game, which is quite dark, and it kind of fits the American music well. Getting on to the main, uh, <laughs> main takeaway, Dave's opinion of the game. What do you think of this game overall, Dave? I'm very interested. Okay, so I really enjoyed the game at first. The mm-hmm. intro was great. It just throws you right in there. The title screen is so much like faster. Uh, it's just like boom, you're in. <laughs> I really like the first few notes of the 
like intro. It's like like a nice uh, clang or something. And then it froze <laughs> straight in. The intro is there. I was expecting my hair to blow away when I loaded up the game. <laughs> it is a bit like that because Sonic's just running at the screen. It's like, doom, yeah, doom, it's like, doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then uh, you get in the game. The game's great. The first level music is fantastic. Palm tree panic. Yeah. Do you like that music? Yeah, I really liked that. And it sounded. Um... Should we play it and see what we think? <laughs> Yeah, so I feel like it feels faster than other Sonic intro level music. Yeah. And as you can tell, it's obviously a bit faster, which ties into the new mechanic of the game, where you can run at a faster speed. It's really cool um, that it, start, it starts out so upbeat, and like, you got the kids going, yeah! <laughs> yeah, I'm not big on the kids uh, sampling there. <laughs> There's a new move Dave just mentioned, the uh, super peel out. I say new, uh, you got to remember, uh, time frame of this game is Sonic 2 had just come out, but they were under development at the same time, so obviously a lot of Sonic 2 mechanics won't be in this game. But um, Super Peel Out is what they introduced, which is uh, where Sonic does a huge burst of speed and just sets off. What do you think of the Super Peel Out? I thought it was very visually cool. Like, his legs turn into, like, a Mobius strip to indicate, you know, infinite speed. I never even thought of that, but that's quite a cool idea. (laughs) So the good thing, the cool thing about this is it's got its own kind of issues with it. Like, Mm. if you do a Super Peel Out and try and dart away faster... It's not, you're not doing a spin dash, or it's not an attack. You might hit an so enemy you, and get hurt. Exactly, yeah. you could take damage from it, but it's a risk, obviously, you uh, could take yeah. to move faster. So, you know, there's a good there's good trade-off for uh, that. And in the Whitehead yeah. version, you can actually do the spin dash as well. I should say we're playing the Whitehead port in 2013, yeah. I don't know how I would have felt about the mechanic if I played the original, given that there wasn't a spin dash at the time. Mm. I feel like that would have took away from it a bit. Mm. Um, as you you lock to one mechanic yeah. rather than both. Having a choice, I think, is really cool. Um, I like but obviously it not well. in the initial original game. Obviously, the Whitehead version is a definitive port. Like it's got everything you want yeah. and more. And he's one of the best Sonic um, designers. He did Mania as well, if you don't know, Dave. And he did the Sonic Two port for the iOS. And uh, I remember I bought the Whitehead version right away. Uh, when it came out, because I was interested in trying Sonic CD again, because um, I didn't like it when I was 10, as I said. And as soon as those Palm Tree Panic uh, notes hit, I knew this was going to be a good time. <laughs> and the set, the, that time I played it, I actually um, I tried to get the robot transporters, and as a result, I ended up liking the game a lot more when I was an adult, Like, because um, I didn't play it like a Sonic game. I played it very differently. So the, the, the time travel mechanic, I think, could have done could have been done a lot better rather than it all being in one level mm. maybe the result of you um fixing one level means the next level would be the good or bad one mm-hmm. i feel like that would have been a better option that would have been than you can go probably easier uh, i agree uh you have to get it in every level basically you have to just sort of robot transporter you get the good future in every single level in the game to get the good ending um it reminds me a lot of um do you ever play banjo kazooie and uh, yeah. you have to get all the notes, obviously. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And do you know what I'm about to say? Like, you, if you leave the level, you don't get to keep your note score, so you have to start it all over again. It's like little uh, little annoying things in retro games, like you wish they'd update. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know 
back in 1993, like, it was a different age of gaming. Like, it's supposed to be a lot harder. The replay value is supposed to be there. That's why they put it in every level, I suppose. But I do agree. It maybe would have been a bit better if they did it every few levels. You know? I think it was like, yeah, if it, rather than overkill with four different types of mm. a level, versions of a level in one level, mm. where you have a time limit of 10 minutes. Uh... Yeah, the time limit is what really annoys me, especially because, uh, just envision this for a second, you've got to find a past signpost that's scattered around the map. You've got to find a spot to run to 88 miles per hour. <laughs> you've got to go to the past and then find the robot transporter and finish the level. You have 10 minutes to do this. Do you know how much anxiety this game gives me? <laughs> As well, the way you trigger going back or forward in time is by running at speed whilst you've triggered one of the signs. Mm. So if you are running at speed and you accidentally stop, yeah. that can use up your ability to go back or forward and you'll have to find another you sign. You lose the sign, which is very you, you annoying. You lose that chance. It's so annoying. It makes it and really challenging. another thing, if you walk into a future sign when you want to go into a past, it's wiped. You, yeah. you are going into a future if you go fast. And on top of that, you can get easily locked into a mechan- mechanism or something that was pushing <laughs> you to go fast. Like in every Sonic game. But in this game, it's really annoying exactly. because you have no choice. You are going to the future. Exactly. Uh, you you, 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 you so summed it up harder. so perfectly there. I couldn't agree with you more. It's so annoying and you're just like... Uh, multiple times, I completed a game three times for this and multiple times... I was about to go into the past and I hit a future signpost and it took me to the future at the last second. You would not Ugh. believe the amount of frustration. <laughs> you never need to go into the future. It's just another big complaint in the game for me. Yeah. You never need to go, which is a shame. Yeah, like that's why I feel like it would have been better to have a result of one level be the next level. Yeah, exactly. So like, if you did well in the first level, yeah. the next level is good future. I mean, they do kind of do that because Act Three always takes place in the future, and it's either the good or bad future, but it doesn't make a difference. Okay, but I feel like that should have been the sole mechanic of it because yeah. it, it it still it's still then a classic Sonic uh, game because you're not worried about going to how about back this? and forth you in hit, a level. You hit the robot transport, it automatically takes you to the good future, something like that. Yeah, like exactly that's what I mean. Like you've done the task mm. next level will be good exactly. if you don't do the task but as it is there's no bad. point going literally no exactly. so that really annoys me about the game I've got to mention this in this level as well did you ever notice that weird 3D thing at the start you basically, basically you run up it and the screen changes perspective it's like a giant wall um, you run yeah. up. Did you remember that? And is it? does it even appear again? No, that's what I'm about to say. It never <laughs> yeah. appears again. I feel like I remember that now, and I was I just didn't think about the fact it never appeared again. It's just in one section, and it just doesn't come back. It's really funny. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, wow, this is quite advanced. Whoa, and really I guess I never thought about it, but it doesn't come back. I think that's... It's like a, a demo they show to the, the, the board. Remember your Sega, playing like... Sega CD. <laughs> Yeah, and then like anyway, back to Sonic. Um, back to your regularly scheduled Sonic. <laughs> so um... whilst we're whilst we're talking about the time zone thing, yeah, I on. just want to acknowledge when I was doing some research just on the soundtrack, just so I could refresh my memory. I um I was reading a comment some guy put on YouTube. Yeah, and he it was a big lengthy list he'd worked on where it had every year, uh he'd made up a, it well like he'd found a year for every good or bad future for each level oh that's amazing so it was a very long long list and so for example it was palm tree um panic uh past and then 1000 ad uh, pd or some <laughs> yeah, stuff like yeah. that like he had a long like 
very lengthy timeline for each level he made in, the in each for feature. Each level. Well, so I was like, okay, that's pretty in depth. And someone replied to him saying, "Oh, uh, where did you get this from? Because it's quite um, I couldn't find it in the uh, the manual or anything yeah, like that." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, I made it up. <laughs> I estimated. So, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I think the Sonic fandom needs to calm down a bit. I... Why did we need that information? <laughs> Why did you decide you could make up what time zone, what timeline each level was based I've on? I've never told anyone this, Dave, and I'm about to embarrass myself oh. on the podcast for the first time, but I used to be a huge Sonic fan. So I did the exact same thing, not for Sonic CD, but for Sonic 3 and Sonic 2 and Sonic 1. I'd make up my own lore for the story. For me... Okay. Sonic 1 takes place in Japan and then they go over to North America in Sonic 2 <laughs> and I used to go to my globe and like point to the different places each oh zone was in <laughs> wow I'm not editing this up uh, please I'll just point that. out as well some more Ben lore I'm very uh, Ben <laughs> told me he wrote a fan fiction for Cool Spot the 7-Up mascot <laughs> I did um, I did <laughs> That had his own game. It was uh, so the, the sequel, Spot Goes to Hollywood. I wrote a fan, uh, like a fan fiction for the first. Uh, I don't know why. I played it again recently, and I stopped playing because I was real. I really hated it. But back then, I was really into it for some reason. Wow, cool spot. When are you gonna do Chest of a Cheater uh, fan fiction? Oh, uh, that's coming up. Yep, coming up. Just get yourself oh, ready. Thank God. <laughs> but... So, like, really, you're only like one thin veil away from being a Sonic fanboy. Yeah, I, I'm, I am the line. That is between OG <laughs> Sonic. You've fans. just not crossed the, the, the line into writing your own Sonic fan fiction. I, cr- I guess you you just kind of said that, but you didn't make an OC, so it's fine. I'm on the line, Dave. Back in those days as well, I used to Sonic 2006 came out for the first time as well. And I used to listen to the soundtrack on repeat, but um, for the last time as well. <laughs> but we won't talk about that on here. So that weird 3D thing is that the past section of the stage. I should just give it a quick shout out. Is a prehistoric uh, setting. Do you remember that, Dave? Um, I don't think I even went. Uh, maybe no, I, you oh, did because you got the, the robot transporter, so you did. Oh, okay. It's sort of like a I think so, prehistoric yeah. feel. And uh, the future is roboticized, which is quite the bad future, I should say. It's really cool because they um in the soundtrack they alter the children's voices so they sound like robots. So they've been like turned into robots by Robotnik. It's really dark. It's very deep lore. It's very cool. Uh, and uh, this is the first time you see Amy Rose in this level as well. And that is Palm Tree Panic. Right, so the next level is Collision Chaos. Uh, quick thoughts about this, Dave, because we don't want to talk about every level in depth. Not going to lie, a lot of the levels blurred in. This is the one, one with the me. pinballs and the springs. And... Oh, yeah, there's always a pinball. There's always a pinball. That one was really, that one was really frustrating because yeah. it would make you lose your uh, past or future yeah. um, ability a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think I got frustrated at this point in the game. And started focusing on <laughs> getting the um, the gems for you, the special stages. You were still stages. optimistic at this point. You still thought, oh. I was optimistic. <laughs> but then you, I, I believe you told me that um, the only way to get the good future is to literally get every single <laughs> good future in the game. And this that, is when you started it, trying it, to get the time stones. <laughs> yeah. So I did the special zones instead, which I really enjoyed, I'll be honest. Oh, you liked them a lot. Um, I hate yeah, I really it, hate them. <laughs> 
It reminded me the gameplay is basically like F Zero yeah. or uh, Mario Kart for SNES. Yeah. Like it's just that style graphics. Uh, and I feel like it was a lot better than the special stage from. It's probably my favorite special stage from any Sonic. I'm game. really impressed. You, I ne- didn't think I was getting that response. You know, Sonic Two, the create um, one of the designers did the backgrounds in each of the special stage as well. Oh right, yeah, I like the backgrounds. They were really, really cool. Really cool because like, they the changed them up each time. It was cool. It's very yeah. cool. It's very Sega CD-ish. They drew uh, Sonic from all possible angles, so you can get every shot of him. What do you say is the worst Sonic <laughs> special stage in Sonic games? I know what you're gonna say, but my worst one. Has... I don't think you know what I'm Sonic one. Yeah, it's Sonic one. <laughs> my it's least awful. favorite, uh, because I can never do them, is either 3D Blast or Sonic Two. Okay, yeah, Sonic 2 is so annoying. I hate them. I never get past the first one. I can get at least three time stones in this game. I can never get uh, two in Sonic 2. Chaos Emblems. Makes me... Sonic 3 is the only one where I've done all... I've got Super yeah, Sonic. Have I've you got Hypersonic as well in the Sonic 3 and Knuckles one? Which is where you do 14 of them. Oh, I did every one. Yeah, yeah I find them really hard, but I've done them as well. I think I use save states, so I don't think it really counts. I, oh, I did as well, but it does count. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so basically, just to sum up the stone, uh, remember how before how I was saying how Sonic 1 came up before this? This game's really, oh, yeah, yeah. really similar to Sonic 1. It's a bit like DLC for Sonic 1, if you want to imagine it like that. And there is a zone in Sonic 1 called Spring Yard Zone, and this is extremely similar. There you go. Okay. Not quite Casino Night in Sonic 2, but there you go. I don't really think of it as, as DLC. It feel, felt like a whole Do different game. Do you feel like it like, was like a unique thing? I feel like Sonic 1 hasn't aged well just because of the new mechanics added. In a lot of people will put Sonic 1 above this game, but um, do you have an opinion there? I really enjoyed this game. I feel like I feel like having... Obviously, the spin dash was added in later mm. on, so maybe that's tied into it. Mm. If it wasn't a spin dash, I think I would have really not enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. It would have been very grueling and the original version. you got to think of all the additions Christian White had added to make it like the definitive yeah. port. And I'll talk about more of those later and things they omitted. But uh, basically, the past is a jungle and the future is a ruined jungle. It's quite cool. Yeah, so that's Collision Chaos, which uh, me and Dave don't particularly like. Tidal Tempest. <laughs> Remember how the last one was Spring Yard Zone in Sonic 1? This one is Labyrinth Zone in Sonic 1. This is the underwater level. Every Sonic game needs an underwater level, doesn't it, Dave? It does, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, I don't know who made those rules, but apparently... <laughs> you need a casino level, you need an underwater level. <laughs> so now that you've reminded me that this level has a lot of... Um, that this game was released as the second Sonic game, technically. Yeah, technically. Um... I'm quite surprised. I, I was going to say that it, it had a lot of mechanics from Sonic 3 in it, like oh, the grabbing a... the... When you're underwater, you grab sticks as you're being propelled through the yeah, water. Yeah, I guess that came from this game first. Just... And uh, there was a lot of mechanics in this level that were never just used briefly and then moved on. Like, like which ones? It's quite surprising. Like, uh, there's a lot of buttons to trigger things mm. that I don't feel like that, that rem- wasn't reminds used too me much. of Hydro City in Sonic 3. Do you remember that level? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, basically yeah. Hydro City. <laughs> it's whole level. They, they basically took all the best parts of Sonic CD and put them into Sonic 3. So. Yeah, which is a good thing. It, That's, uh, yeah. It is a lot. It's an interesting... Now that you've said that, it's twisted my mind on it a bit, really. Uh, yeah, I've really cha- you're changing your tune. <laughs> really interesting <laughs> I just level. assumed it was either after Sonic 2 or after Sonic 3. But... Yeah. If you think of it like Sonic 1.5, which is how I think of it. Yeah. yeah. Basically, did you notice anything different about this underwater stage compared to other Sonic games? Was the timer for drowning a lot longer? Uh, it is to do with the timer for drowning, but there is no drowning music 
which is very annoying oh, yeah. in the other Sonic games. They took it out. Yeah. Which I, I, feel, I didn't notice, which I don't know if I feel like I would have noticed. Yeah, it's a I very important sort of thing in Sonic lore, I suppose. Uh, basically, this level, it's hard to find places to time travel because you're underwater and it's quite uh, annoying for that. It's easy to find, like, because uh, you slow down, it's not too bad for traveling to the future. But it's... I should talk about the one up noise at this point as well. Did you have any thoughts on it? Oh, yeah, wasn't the one-up noise just him saying something? Yeah, it was just Sonic saying, yes! 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 What was it previously? Was it... It was... Oh, no, that's the zone clear. What is it? I can't remember. It's like... It's like a reverb. Yeah, it's like a famous noise, yeah. Did you like how Sonic speaks to you? What does he say? Yes! He's like, yeah! Yeah! I should mention as well, before we move on, the... um. End jingle to each level. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I'll also hear it again. Oh, okay. Now I remember yeah. now. Got <laughs> the best we've got. Got a new backpack. <laughs> yeah, Ben's uh, created his own lyrics for every. Uh... <laughs> I'm getting more and more embarrassed the further on we get. <laughs> it's so funny. I have no idea what they're saying, but it's just such a cool ending jingle. <laughs> I hope someone draws some like fan out of you as Sonic. I hope I get a Sonic CD original character. That's all I'm going to say, folks. So the next zone <laughs> is... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Dave, I have to force you to play the music because it's my favourite music in the game. It's Quartz, Quartz Quadrant. For, uh... And that was a Quartz Quadrant, which is my favourite music in the game. Do you have any thoughts on that, Dave? Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Um, I was tempted to choose that as my favourite, but I actually went for. Uh... Oh, is it Stardust Speedway? No, that was my. <laughs> that was one I liked, but ended up hating. Um, and that was due to me having to retry the level constantly. <laughs> Playing that. <laughs> So yeah, that was an interesting noise. Really fucking annoyed me. <laughs> uh, I was frustrated, very frustrated on that level. Uh, I, racing well, Metal Sonic. Save it for the next one. Save it for the save it for sale speed. I have a lot to say. Um, so my favorite track was Wacky Workbench, but the Bad Future. Oh my goodness! I didn't think you'd say that at all because I um fucking hate that level. Let's check it out. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you're right. It's really cool, actually. Yeah. I like the sirens a lot. Yeah. 
That's when the uh, factory's sort of like dystopian and coming apart. It's really cool. Anyway, Quartz Quadrant, let's jump back for a second before we move on to everyone's favorite level, Wacky Workbench. <laughs> yeah, you've got the treadmills, you've got it's in a diamond mine, the past, uh, it's a nice cave, the good future. It's uh, nature takes over the mine and it's nice now. The bad future, it's evil machinery everywhere. Thoughts on Quartz Quadrant, Dave? Honestly, again, the level's blended in quite a bit for me. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, there was only a few that I actually kind of got a visual. Well, should we just move on to Wacky Workbench? Because you remember that one pretty well. Okay, so I think I was very frustrated at this point. I'd given up with the game yeah. in terms of enjoyment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in retrospect, I did like it. It did remind me of uh, Chemical Plant. It felt yeah, like it has Chemical Plant. I actually, uh, I think I even said that I, uh, this felt like Chemical yeah. Plant too, <laughs> which is ironic because what you've told me now is obviously it was <laughs> a pre- predecessor. To <laughs> they had some good ideas, plant. which I think they used for Sonic Mania. Like in Sonic Mania and Chemical Plant, you bounce on the floor, and it's very similar. Well, it even had like moving elevator blocks, like snaky mm. blocks. Like again, another frustrating feature is that even if you got like Sonic, Sonic's toe <laughs> trapped a, a slight frame into that elevator, you would you die. So that was yeah, that's really every fun. Sonic game, isn't it? You're yeah. like, oh, for God's sake! In this one in particular, it annoyed me. Sonic One, it's so bad as well. Scrap brain zone. Oh my God! So I hate this level. Time traveling really hard uh, I, I, I just I almost give up every time when I'm playing this one you're bouncing everywhere I hate it the good future the factory becomes a playhouse and in the bad future the factory becomes it starts falling apart basically um, yeah you've got which is strange so given You'd think the bad future would be the factory would be more in operation. No, but I guess Robotnik just doesn't care. <laughs> but yeah. Do you remember the ice beams in this level as well? Um, yeah. Hate them. So the ice beams, they look like blue flames. Yeah, and they freeze Sonic, and it's really mm. annoying. Ugh. Pleasant surprise, I guess, if you think you're about to die. I suppose. And uh, the boss uh, I hate as well, which is where you've got to jump on the pieces of floor as they fall down. Do you remember oh, that? I, I think it was interesting. It was a new kind of mechanic. It is an interesting boss. boss, but it's very frustrating after a very frustrating two levels to do that. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah. Anyway, wacky workbench. Unless you have anything more to say, I'll move on. No, it's probably my favourite uh, theme. But, uh, yeah. Well, here we go to my favourite level, Dave. Stardust Speedway. Uh, <laughs> you just got to uh, play the present song for a second. Uh, you don't have to listen to it, but I'll just play it because uh, it's got this really interesting lyric that's like, hands on your head, hands on your head, hands on your head. Good work. Basically, all three uh, pieces of music in this zone are like referential to each other. They all have the (laughs) like in different capacities. The past is more smoother. The future's like chaotic and like really coming at you. Um, 
if you want to look at Sonic 1 levels again, this level is very similar to Starlight Zone, but um, it's a lot faster. The tracks are a lot spread out. You get, you can get lost in this level, but you can flip the tracks by hitting the signs, and it sends you on different directions. It's really cool, and it's very complicated. What do you think, Dave? Uh, I just think we should listen to the bad future version of this song just to kind of give a comparison <laughs> And yeah, oh, before we go into the Bad Future song, I've got to say that um, at the end of Stardust Speedway, you fight Metal Sonic, which is um, one of the best Sonic bosses ever, I've got to say. I think it was very cool, but... You race him, basically. It's very frustrating, because at the end, you've got to get into a doorway before him. I know you had a lot of problems with that. Even if you actually get to the doorway, (laughs) technically before him, before the door's closed. Yeah. It's still not. You've got to memorise the whole course and then get in the door right at the end. And I know it's frustrating, but it's on my top five Sonic bosses for sure, just because it's so iconic. You race him and you've got to memorise this entire obstacle course. And uh, this is one of the most iconic pieces of music in Sonic CD, actually, the bad future for Stardust Speedway. And it's actually been remixed for three different Sonic games. So if you like that, Dave, you can do it three more times. You can do it in <laughs> Sonic Generations. You can. It's in Sonic Mania. And it's in uh, another one I can't remember. <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, give a listen to the bad let's future. Let's give a listen. I love it. <laughs> Very cool with the alarms going off. I know. And then this guy chimes in. <laughs> So that was Star Wars Speedway Bad Future, and I've got to say that's that is one of the best pieces of sound in that game. It's so iconic. You're anxious racing Metal Sonic. The sirens are going off in the background. You're trying to beat him. It's amazing. There's a man chuckling maniacally. <laughs> There's ways going on over and over again. The piano is amazing. Dave, your thoughts? Uh, I got very frustrated with it. Um, I had to keep redoing the boss battle, but. Yeah, it's, it's good. I, I do wish... I think I think it would be better without the laughing. Well, I think this might change your mind. What we're going to play now is the US soundtrack, Bad Future, for the same zone. Uh, really interesting, and I actually took a lot of uh, cues for the theme for this podcast with this piece of music, so let's check it out. Yeah, so what did you think of that, Dave? That's the American Bad Future. 
not gonna lie, I think I, I thought that was very boring. <gasps> I don't think that's a very good. You just broke I don't my think it's heart. Very, <laughs> I, I don't think it's a very good boss battle music at all. What? It's so cool. The guitar riff in the background. The dun 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 dun. It's very. It's very. Um, it felt like it belonged to an ice zone or uh, ice level. I disagree with you. I love the guitar parts. That's why I was trying to get in our little thing, but it's so cool and it's so like bad futureish. You feel like everything's falling apart. That song fell apart. Maybe that, uh, <laughs> maybe that makes you like the ways a bit more, eh? <laughs> Never thought you'd say that, did you? That's uh, one of my favourite uh, boss fights in all the Sonic games, anyway. And you save Amy at the end. She, I forgot to say, she gets captured earlier on, and you save her. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> moving, moving on uh, to the final. Uh, very important zone. character. Arc. What did you say? Very important character arc. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad it was completed. <laughs> Metallic Madness. Um, this is the most similar to Scrap Brain Zone, I would say. This is the final one. The music's really good as well. It's very fast-paced, and I had to yeah, there's a lot of lyrics in it. Well, it has the most lyrics, I think, out of any of the Sonic Zones, but it's just very cool. Uh, do you have any thoughts about Metallic Madness? Uh, the levels do tend to blend They're... together. Is this the one with the... It's got, like, trumpets as, like, the level design uh, it's like gold trumpets don't remember I do remember that was in one of the <laughs> I'm glad even you together for me. <laughs> yeah I'm glad because they are very, this is very similar to Wacky Work Ventures I really like it obviously we'll just talk about we'll be quick we'll just talk about the uh, the best part of this stage is where you turn small and you go ar- around. Oh, like, yeah. That was cool, yeah. That, but again, they've used one mechanic yeah. and they're done with it. Well, like they bring minutes. it back in... Um, you have this, they bring back two levels in Sonic Mania, Sardis Speedway and Metallic Madness, and they bring you back... You say they. Christian Whitehead just chose all the cool mechanics that were not, yeah. not looked at properly yeah. by and Sega. And he just worked he them just out a like, bit better for his own yeah, game. <laughs> they coded this into the game and they were done with it in five minutes. Yeah. Like, it's a very CD <laughs> thing, isn't it? You get a lot of this and that. It's cool, but it's like... Hmm. <laughs> I would have preferred small Sonic and big Sonic than. Uh... Yeah, I I like the future past, but I think it's not done well personally. But um, basically, it's a very last level sort of level. There's lots of pistons everywhere. It's a factory. I don't have a lot to say about it to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That's Metallic Madness. Yeah, uh, and then you fight Eggman at the end, and I've got to say, the music far surpasses the actual fight. Do you want to listen to it? It's it's called Final Fever. Wow. I know. It sounds like someone off Garan Lagan, I always think. Very operatic. <laughs> and then it sort of like breaks down in a second. got such a cool organ part. <laughs> this is very cool. It's a shame the fight wasn't that cool. <laughs> it's such a shame they don't use it. <laughs> this would be cool in like a modern Castlevania game. Yeah. It's such a good piece of music.
So, yeah, uh, that was the final boss music. What do you think, Dave? Pretty epic, isn't it? It's very epic, yeah. I, I enjoyed that. It was quite operatic. It's really cool. Uh, very dramatic. But um, it's a shame the boss, the boss doesn't fight. live up to the hype. <laughs> yeah, it was very boring. I I was playing it. I was trying to... He, he like, brings up these, like, square panels. People panel. online call it the D-pad of doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like a... He's got four panels shaped like a D-pad. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand how to do that boss. I just jumped at him, kept losing my rings, uh, yeah. grabbed That's the same ring does. again. That's how you do that boss. Just... <laughs> oh, so you literally got to cheese it. Uh, it's so stupid, and it's the easiest boss in the game. And I've got to say, Metal Sonic was the true final boss for Sonic CD. Yeah, I would agree. It's yeah, very disappointing. Uh, so all right, so I got to say this piece of music. Christian Whitehead realized this as well. He thought it was really disappointing, so he wanted to put in an extra stage called Final Fever, where you damage the boss by traveling in time. Isn't that cool? That's that's very. But cool. Sega was like, no, we want to keep it original. So I would have loved to have seen his version. That would have been very cool. I'm pitching like um like a big like yeah. circle maybe. Like, Imagine like Sonic the, the Sonic and the Knuckles final boss, you know, the giant thing. But it's like you're going yeah. through time. It'd be really cool with that music. That would have been very cool. I'd be ugh, it's a shame. Well it's a shame. Rip. Anyway, closing thoughts on Sonic C D. I've just written on my notes frustrating as fuck. What have you written? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was very frustrated as the game went on. I feel like Maybe Sonic games aren't. I I love Sonic games, but as I play them uh, in in you know nowadays, mm. I, I just feel frustrated with the mechanics. Oh, that's a shame. You can't go back to the old ones. I just. I mean, I I still enjoy Sonic Two, of course, but I feel like running fast is not a good way to no, play, and that's what they want you to do. The old Sonic games. I don't know why they pitched the exactly. go fast thing. <laughs> it's just he wanted to be faster than Mario, didn't he? But yeah. it's. I feel like it doesn't work. It's and all you want to do is go fast, like, <laughs> but, you can't, but you can't. I think it's an interesting game. It's one of the most fascinating Sonic games, but it's a shit. They have great ideas. You said it yourself when playing it. I want to love this game, and I want to love this game. But there's so many things holding it back. <laughs> I like the idea of a puzzle and finding the robot transporters. I like the time travel. I like all the cool things. I feel like if the time travel was done, as we mentioned before, mm. that I'd be completely fine You'd be with down it. with it. So, uh, thumbs up or down on Sonic CD, Dave? Do you recommend? Uh, a slight thumbs up. A half thumb. I think I'm going <laughs> to join him there and we're going to play you. Uh, we're going to close I'd, you out with... I'd like, to, oh. I'd like to mention as well that uh, I've... Uh, I've even though we're in you know this uh, this quarantine and these hollow decks yeah, that the we're alien in, infestation lest uh, we forget yeah that one <laughs> I I did send a, a package to Ben oh are you gonna make uh, me open it now gifting I would like you to open it now I've yeah. just got an oh. idea of what it is okay. I'm really excited <laughs> right I'm opening it up oh my goodness. Ah! <laughs> I see a picture. Oh, Dave. Oh, I love you, man. I love you. That's so cool. Oh my god. Don't hurt. Oh, Use your words. Is it, is it, is it the <laughs> Japanese or all of them? It's a, it's both. Oh, that's so cool. Oh my god, I love it. Thank you, Dave. Oh wait, I think I just lied. Actually, I think it's the Japanese one, but it's every version of every. That is level. so cool. They've got all of them. Oh, I think it is just a so Japanese. I'll just uh, tell everyone what it is. It's the Japanese Sonic CD soundtrack on vinyl, well, and it's well, free disc. 
so cool. Oh, it's made by Mondo as well. Your favorite, uh, <sighs> my boy. Company. You know what I'm gonna do, Dave? I'm gonna put the Bad Future soundtrack down for Stardust Speedway and get my parents <laughs> to listen to it over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to say, like, even though I hadn't heard the soundtrack at that time of me ordering that, I uh, I looked at it and was like very jealous. The actual record's coloured as well, like green and blue. That like, is but, badass. Like, oh, yeah. thank you so much. Oh, oh my God. No it's so cool. I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh, well, I can't wait till you get me uh, an equally good gift. Um, uh, nothing's coming up, so like, oh, uh, oh, I don't oh, know why oh, I would. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is really cool. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> well, um, I'll, I'll let you choose a track to close us out Let's with, I guess. close us out with, uh, and I actually have the track title and everything. It's Ooh. called... Cos- it's by Cosmic Eternity and it's called Believe in Yourself. Oh, the Japanese outro to the game. So, Ben, how do you feel about Assassin's Creed games? I bloody love Assassin's Creed now. I played the first three, and uh, and then I didn't like it because three was so bad. I just stopped playing after that. <laughs> I feel the exact same. Now, are you counting Assassin's Creed 3 as free or Revelations as... Sorry, I, I meant to say Assassin's Creed 2, Revelations, Resistance, and then the actual free. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I think there's actually Assassin's Creed 1, 2, Brotherhood, then that's Revelations, it, and it. then 3. Yeah, that's where I played up to, to 3. Yeah. Yeah, I played up to Revelations, yeah. then I played Black Flag, the pirate one. Black one Flag was, quite was good. good. People tell me yeah, it's good. But then, that's it. That's all I played. Well, I, I kind of want to try out the new series, like because it's like an RPG now. Yeah, I mean, I was tempted to try the Odyssey. The... Yeah, I... I... 
it's got a new storyline, new characters and stuff. So I thought, why? Yeah. If I had the right, thought... I don't have any up to date systems, but if I did, true, might be cool. <laughs> I... Well, there is um, there is also Unity, I think, the French Resistance one. Oh yeah, well they came out with loads of weird because there's one in England as well, Syndicate. Oh yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. That was like their apology. There's so many apology for Unity. <laughs> and there was another one before that, you know. Before Unity, yeah. Oh no, or was it just what Black it? Flag and then it went to Unity? I think it was Black Flag uh, and Unity. I wouldn't they make a bunch I, I in the middle. Like they made that one where you're a Templar and you're hunting down assassins, and they want. I don't know. Uh, I don't know yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, they did like side scrolling ones. Didn't I've they? gone really out the rabbit hole with assassins. I just yeah, like it was cool initially, but yeah. God, no, I'm alright. I, I like the historical time period. So that's what I'd play it for. Probably. Well, uh, get ready because <laughs> I might go Assassin's into Vikings. Creed. Oh. Yeah, Valhalla is coming yeah, out. Yeah, I saw the trailer. Uh, <laughs> I've not seen the trailer yet, but I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the news. I went down. A, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole of it because I looked at the trailer, and the bad guy was like one of the uh, Anglo-Saxon kings of England, Alfred the Great. Oh yeah. I had a look at him on Wikipedia and just went down a huge rabbit hole of just looking up kings of England. So. Well, it's it, from what I've looked at so far, it, it seems pretty cool. Um, it takes place during the Viking invasion of Britain, which is, you know, it's a cool, uh, interesting... No, it's cool. I don't know much uh, about that space. part of history. And yeah. I like England, obviously, so it's like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Vikings? You're uh, a Viking guy? Um, I think I'd put, out of all the ones they've done before, I think Egypt would have spoke out to me most. Yeah, same. And the pirate one. Vikings are cool, but uh, I think the main important thing for me is taking place in England. That would be cool for me as well. And it would be cool to go down a history I wouldn't know before. But like I say, Dave, I'm kind of sick of Assassin's Creed games, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, uh, it takes place... Uh, sorry, apparently you can actually play as... That was the same in the last one, Odyssey as well, wasn't it? Oh, was yeah. it? Yeah, okay, yeah, I don't know. That, I thought it was a new feature. And then Ori- Apparently, it's um, a mechanic where you can raid villagers and like make raiding parties to go between places. So, are, are you, and in the words of David Mitchell, are we the baddies in this game? I'm, I don't know. Uh, I doubt, I highly, highly <laughs> doubt there's going to be a raping mechanism. <laughs> that, that doesn't sound like something. What about a pillage option? Can I use that? I'm assuming pillaging is it, but I, I feel like <laughs> yeah. Ubisoft aren't going to be too historically well, what accurate. What about the historical accuracy of. Uh... Where's the Apple of Eden? I'm sure that'll come up uh, as oh, well. I hated that whole side story. I was just like, I was invested until free, and I was like, they've jumped the shark, they've jumped the shark, and I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. The ending to two was so bad. What was the ending to two? I don't remember. I, from what I remember, like all the people you'd met, they were like, "Ha, got you." Uh, we're, you fist fight we're the pope, you don't you? And then I think so. Yeah. And then he's like, and then after killing a million people, Ezio's like, "No, I won't kill him." <laughs> and then he, and then in the next game, he spoilers kills your uncle. Um. So yeah, moving on. What when I say basketball, what do you say? Space jam. <laughs> Uh, Space Jam, Space Jam Two. Uh, there's a new poster out. Um, it's been coming out for a while now, but I thought you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I, I'm not a fan of this, Dave. I don't think Space Jam is a great movie, and it's like Ghostbusters Two. It's like lightning in a bottle. It's like we can't recapture that. Do you not like Ghostbusters Two? Do you like Ghostbusters Two? I don't mind it. I prefer the first one, obviously, but. It's like making a Ghostbusters too. It's like you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't recapture the magic. the f- The first one was lightning in a pot. 
Well, I thought, I thought I'd look into it a bit more. Go on, then. Um, so, this one's starring LeBron James, obviously. Uh, oh, obviously. Obviously, we're both big, big basketball heads. Um, or jammers, as I like to call them. <laughs> I'm such a jammer. Do you know what jam stands for? Because I, 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 I googled it today. Please enlighten me. <laughs> so, it stands for, like, a jam is like slang for when you get a ball in the hoop, like, you dunk it. Oh, you jammed it. When if I jammed it, the ball would be stuck and it wouldn't go through. Well, you're jamming it like you're shoving it down a hole. It's <laughs> yeah. a quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really the word I'd use for jam, but yeah. all right. Well, that got me onto other things. So Michael Jordan refused to return to his role. Don't know why, but you know he's. A- why? <laughs> well, like I've seen loads of things where he's like people have met him and he's been like a, a complete who's, asshole who's to. Who's that him. other basketball guy who's famous? Uh, who's in that game? Uh, yeah, Shaq Fu. Le- oh, Shaq Fu. Shaq, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why isn't he in it? Like, that's the guy to get. Um, apparently, they tried other directions. They've been trying for years to make this film. Uh, they looked at other directions, different people who could take the mantle of Space Jam. <laughs> There's no mantle. Yeah, and they actually asked. Uh, they were looking into Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, that would be which amazing. Which obviously a bit, bit. Dated now is not really the best stuff. And then Tony Hawk apparently as well was another option. I can that, see Tony. That might have been I right. can see Tony Hawk. Uh, yeah. he, Tony Hawk obviously would be basketball. I hope but it Tony Hawk <laughs> isn't listening to the podcast when I say this, but um, Tony oh. Hawk has no personality. I'm sorry. Uh oh. Am I in trouble? <laughs> Wait, you Ben, you are rich in oozing with personality. <laughs> yeah, I am rich in personality. Come on. Another potential star, which was uh, quite an interesting one, I found was Jackie Chan. I can see been that's a great that's a great option. That's a great. I love Jackie Chan, and he's only in funny movies, like funny kind of movies. Well, he's in like drink. He's in a few like like legitimate ones, I believe as well. Is he? Is he? A coughing one. At uh, the it, his best ones are like Rush Hour and stuff, aren't they? Mm, yeah, I'm not big a fan of Rush Hour personally. Are you joking? Um, Rush Hour is king among. Well, uh, I'm wondering what that makes me wonder is what if these any of his stars were in the film instead of Michael Jordan, would it still be called Space Jam or would it be called like Space Skate? Or... <laughs> well, they made a sequel to Space Jam, didn't they? Isn't it Looney Tunes back in action? Well, no, I, I wouldn't say that's a sequel. It's, it's like a pseudo franchise. sequel. <laughs> well, it's, I wouldn't say it. I, it's like calling, I don't know, Fantasia a sequel to Steamboat Willie. Like... But there is a sequel to Fantasia, Fantasia 2000. Oh, yeah. Well, Are you not up to date on your Disney day? <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> so, um, apparently as well, something I found surprising is Hans Zimmer will be, do, be, will be the comp- Oh yeah, I want to hear the Dark Knight um, soundtrack in the back of space. Well, I can't wait to hear Hans Zimmer's uh, version of the Quad City DJ's Space Jam theme. Uh, okay, what's how's that go again? I'm a, it's like everybody get up. Is that is that not the one that's like I'm on a jam and welcome to yeah, the yeah, show? Yeah, that's a, it's a woman speaking at the beginning, and then it goes, "Come on, it's love." It's just to it's Japan. just got like an organ in the background and an orchestra. Yeah, it's really Come solemn on, with Tom Tom York over it. Like, <laughs> Tom York in the soundtrack that would be amazing moving on to uh, another score related um, news yeah go on uh, Daft Punk are going to be scoring another film is which, it Tron uh, Free the return it's not unfortunately it isn't <laughs> oh, Tron Free damn, Free. damn 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 <laughs> 
Tron got cancelled, I'm not happy, but... Uh, I didn't even know there really was a third Tron. There was going to be. It was all set oh, up. What happened, Dave? Tell Disney us the story. pulled the plug. I, I don't really remember the story for uh, deep, but <laughs> I believe Disney buried it and they've not made any mention of it. Um... But I, I do follow the uh, like their official page on Facebook and it's just like, they keep teasing like as if they're about to announce something <laughs> and they've been doing that for like three years now. <laughs> like, they keep posting not... like bits from Tron legacy and they're like are you ready <laughs> like she, here it comes everyone's like yes what is it what are you doing oh, please i don't know anymore <laughs> it's like why are you doing this they're just like <laughs> are you ready for what could come soon are it's you like, ready what? for more teasing <laughs> it's so annoying i feel like it's just about to set up for futures like for for, for future like when they were gonna do tron 3 and they forgot to turn it off or something oh my god it's just constant tease i mean i personally dave haven't seen tron 1 or 2 so i have a lot of catching up uh, to do i well, know you love them i know you love them i'm a big fan of tron lately tron 1 is very uh dangerous. It is bizarre, but it's like a fever dream. But now, if Tron, Tron Legacy, Legacy didn't have so Daft good. Punk, would it be the same movie? Um, it depends. Like, cause the actual score for Tron Legacy without the like, you know, obviously they help score the orchestral bits. Yeah, like the whole score is orchestral bits mixed with like, you know, t- techno or whatever you'd call that genre, um, like dance, um electronic but i don't know uh, if it was just orchestral it would be still like epic but i think the whole point is it's blended with you know electronic music which you know the whole movie's set in a uh in a uh computer yeah. room i, I <laughs> don't know computer. anything about it <laughs> yeah they get <laughs> sucked into a computer it sounds like a wrong need to watch it i saw it in imax when it first came out and i, f- I love that film the so 80s much. one bloody hell yeah. No, no. <laughs> Legacy. I'm pulling your chain. Uh, hey, um, you were big into Daft Punk. I remember back then. I'm, I'm, I've got a Daft Punk tattoo. Uh, but, yeah. I forgot you had yeah. a Daft Punk tattoo. Yeah. I, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. I haven't seen you. I mean, uh, I didn't see it on the ship the other day. So I'd, you can always cover your arm. <laughs> the other day? You mean like a month ago? Because we've been. Uh, yeah, we've been in uh, quarantine. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, uh, obviously. Uh, ooh, ooh, uh, that alien. Yep. Oh, one day we'll, um, <laughs> we'll airlock it out. Yeah, I, mean, I heard that doesn't work actually, but yeah. You know. uh, well, you know. we'll just crash the ship into a planet and kill everyone. That should do it. If only we had some sort of movie to like follow. And uh, I hear that uh, Terminator is quite similar. We could follow that or. Uh... Oh, Terminator Genesis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe you mean Genesis. That's how it's pronounced. Genesis, let's never say that word again. Uh, I am um, scarred. Go on. Yeah, so the new film <laughs> Daft Punk is scoring is called Black Glasses, and it's by Daro Argento. I thought you were going to say Daro O'Brien, and I was going to say Daro Argento. I'm, I'm I'm presuming I'm pronouncing that yeah. correctly. He created Suspiria. I'm not sure if you've heard of that film before. Oh, I love Suspiria. I've, have you watched yeah. it? I've not actually seen it. it. I've, it's on my list. That, that's a Tom York soundtrack. Yeah. So he created Suspiria. No, uh, I don't believe it's that Suspiria. It's a different Suspiria. Oh, is this the original? 70s, yeah, man. Yeah. I haven't seen um, it. So I'm, I was looking through his work, and I don't think I know a single one. I've heard of one called Dracula 3D, which apparently was awful. That sounds amazing. Can I please <laughs> <laughs> Like, so it's from, like, 2013, I believe. Uh, I can't, that's off the top of my head. Mm. But I watched the trailer for it, and it's literally just, <laughs> like... It's like, have you ever seen... 
Do you have the owl from Labyrinth at the beginning that goes on for like 20 hours? I have never seen Labyrinth, but... It's like, okay, well, it's it's just bad CGI owl, and it's like, look, look at our technology. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I'm sure that would have been great back when what, it came out. But what year was nowadays, it? Was it 90s? I think it's 80s, late 80s, maybe. Oh. Um, so, yeah, the black glasses, it's due to... It's been filmed in 2020, um, I'll well, just read out the, the well, plot that we know so far. Before you read so out the bio, what was it called again? Just get me in the uh, zone. Black Glasses. Black Glasses. Right, I'm ready. Okay, so this is his words. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm pres- I, I think he is French. He's not English. French accent, so, please. Let me read this and I'm sure you'll be able to picture whatever this film is. <laughs> okay. It's the adventure in the nocturnal Rome of a Chinese girl and child. And that's all we know. So that's going to be great. Uh, was that the whole bio? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what that I means. I couldn't but... even unpack that for a second. Nocturnal <laughs> Adventure. What was it? Chinese Golden Rome? Uh, so it's the adventure in the nocturnal Rome of a Chinese girl and child. I, d- I, I, don't, I don't even... I'm speechless. Like, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Well, Daft Punk is scoring it, so I'll watch uh, it. Uh, <laughs> what, what would the Daft Punk scores that even be like? Because it sounds art house as heck. I mean, well, apparently, from what I read, they're sending him scores, and they haven't even started filming yet, so... Uh, like, how can you do that? <laughs> how you can don't... you score? Isn't the whole point of scoring uh, is you're watching it and to doing me, the music to what you see? When seen. you think of Rome, Dave, do you think of Daft Punk? That's all I'm going to say. No, France, even, Paris, maybe, but yeah, maybe Paris, but not Rome. Like I think of like French, so. orchestra stuff like that. You know, like yeah. Ugh. Well, they might. They, it doesn't. They may not necessarily do electronic again, but you know, they've scored a lot of stuff. So. Isn't Daft Punk just purely electronic? Like, do they ever go anywhere else? Well, you know, you might want to spread the wings a bit. Go for a don't, uh, clip him, don't clip him too early, Ben. What are they gonna do, Dave? Get Pharrell in or something? Don't be ridiculous. Anyway, um, yes, moving on to other news. This one's a bit of a weird one, but uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, you're a big fan of uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I love the feet in his movies. It's the feet. Really, <laughs> like we yeah. mentioned that last time as well. <laughs> we had a bit. We had a big uh, conversation last time about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, and how did, yeah. You just kept saying feet after all. <laughs> <laughs> you had to wake me up from my coma. <laughs> feet. Uh, you're a big Pulp Fiction fan, right? Am I wrong? Or... Oh, Dave. Yeah. Oh, what? Oh, best film in the world. Well, Can't be. Well, I'm sure you already know this. Then uh, he revealed the the history of the Gimp from Pulp Fiction. Uh, I, Dave, I, I haven't cared so little in a long time. <laughs> well, me neither. But uh, the, 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 in terms of backstory, he was like a hitchhiker or somebody that they picked up seven years ago, and they trained him so he's the perfect victim. And then is is Tarantino becoming like the J.K. Rowling of I the Tarantino? Know. I mean, to be fair, it was from an interview he was asked about it, so you know, he's only answering the question. Um, but apparently, as well, after Butch punches him, he reckons the the well, I mean, he re- he made the story. So apparently, the gimp hangs himself. Didn't he die? Or like, well, I think he's on like a chain, isn't he, around his neck? So I think when he gets knocked out from being punched, he's just chokes and dies. You'd think he'd kill all of them. The the guy, what's his name? The guy that tortures oh, yeah. all of them afterwards. Yeah. When... Zed. No, 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 uh, no. Bruce Willis saves him. This guy. Oh yeah. The big uh, guy. Marcellus Waltz. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I thought he would have killed them all. What is it cut off? I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it, but maybe we get cut off screen. 
I don't know. Well, what happens is like Bruce, he's like Bruce Willis is like to Marcellus like, "What about us?" And he's like, "Don't come back ever again." After he saves him, and then well, apparently he punched um, Bruce Willis punches a gimp. So I do remember out. that. I do remember that. And yeah. then I think what Tarantino is saying is that he reckons the gimp is dead now because he was on like a chain and like he was knocked out cold, maybe at an angle. So like he. So what you're saying is Tarantino points out the obvious. <laughs> yeah, when asked, he will point out the obvious. Wow, that's like when Scorsese was like, "Oh, I don't like superhero films," and I'm just like, "Oh, really? <laughs> that's such a shock." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, moving on, uh, still on Tarantino. Oh, love something it. I've only read today, and I'm pretty excited <laughs> about. It sounds like a cool Go idea. On. Apparently, there's rumors that uh, Django and Zorro will cross over. Zorro. Um, you Zorro, the character, the famous Zorro, character. the guy with Zorro. the fencing the and he's got a mask and, yeah. and he does the Z. Yeah, yeah. and they're going to be in a crossover uh, I can and see it'll that. be set seven, several years after Django Unchained. I've, I've got a film question for you, Dave. Go on. Do you like a crossover? Uh, not, I can't think of too many. Because every I time I like, see you one, I'm like... Do you mean like, like Avengers style? Or? I don't really like them. Alien Predator, Freddy Jason... Uh, so I'm, I don't think I've really seen that many. I'm a big Alien fan, but I've not seen Alien vs. Predator. I've only seen their separate films. Um, I feel like it's a cool idea, especially with monsters like Alien vs. Predator. Very, uh, fan servicey, yeah. and that's why I don't. I've like never him. seen Freddy vs. Jason, but that uh, that seems a bit cringy. But yeah. I think I don't mind monsters like you know Freddy vs. Uh, well, uh, like a, well, sorry, uh, Alien vs. Predator. I, that's, I, I suppose that's it's a like fan. a lineage that goes back a long way. Like uh, what's that? King Kong vs. Godzilla, Frankenstein vs. the Wolfman. Well, I think there was a cool, you know, the whole Universal Studios um, thing they were going for. Dark Universe. They were going to try that Avengers-style um, collaboration. See, that's a great uh, idea. I just wish they'd make some good movies. Like, <laughs> Well, they started it with a mummy film with... Uh, Tom Cruise, our favourite. Tom Cruise, but that didn't work out. So and then they did <laughs> they scrap the whole thing. Skull Island after that, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, Skull Island. I never saw it. I really wanted I to. I thought you did see that. And then it was... Uh, did they put Godzilla in that universe? I don't think so. Oh, no, that's uh, not universal. I think King but... Kong was in the Godzilla movie, though, the latest one. Was he? The King of the Monsters. I think he just rocks up at the end for, for no reason whatsoever. Is that like Tails at the end of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Or are you like, oh? It's exactly like that. He's like, whoa. <laughs> we haven't mentioned Sonic enough today. Thought I'd throw in another. Yeah. Let's <laughs> get another Sonic reference. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's all the news uh, this week. That's very interesting, yeah. Will close out by me revealing what your film is uh, to watch. Just next, bear in mind, I'm episode. a very pretentious film watcher, so I'm going to judge but you immediately. You are very pretentious. So this is a film that you've not watched. How do you? Um, how do you know? <laughs> because we've talked about it before. I've okay, never okay. watched it. Okay. And that film is Blade Runner. Oh my god, the day has yeah. finally come. The day I, has finally come I where to I mentioned Blade Runner. I have to follow And ask, you say you haven't seen it before, and now do, you have do, to watch it. Do you it. know why I haven't seen it? No. Because I don't know what cut to watch, so you're going to have to tell me which one the to watch. The final cut. The final cut. We're watching the final cut, yeah. I got a feeling I'm really going to enjoy this because I've heard great it's things. It's so good. I wanted... I, I'm a big fan of a film. There's so much to talk about. Should I it? watch 2049 as well? 
Uh, not in maybe that'll do be another episode or okay. just a p- non-episode okay. thing. But I really want to watch that. Well, as it depends well. what the fans, you know, all are begging fans <laughs> would, whether they want to hear an episode about twenty forty nine or not. Uh, they might want like a, a duo episode. I don't know. Well, whatever. <laughs> we can do the first one anyway. We'll see. What but either way, the point is Ben is finally watching Blade Runner. Uh, that was a good choice. All. Good choice. That's why I made this whole podcast to get Ben to watch Blade Runner. <laughs> what if I hate it, Dave? Uh, I don't think you will. Yeah, I've seen half an hour before and I enjoyed it. Half an hour? What, it, was it random mess wrapped of a bit? It's it just the it first half hour. I watched it in film class and I was like... Oh, okay, film for, class. Yeah. Well, you know, you're going to watch the full cut now, um, final cut. I'm bloody excited. Uh, that's going to be a good episode. We may not be able to use too much music in the episode, <laughs> just so we don't <laughs> no. copyright, well, get I suppose, copyright like, structure if we, of Vangelis. If we've uh, dodged Nintendo and Sega, like, at that point, it's like, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, this is, this will be an actual musical artist, Vangelis. Whoa, whoa what are you trying to say about <laughs> Nawafuma? Nafuma. Uh, if it was Sonic, uh, it's just a good job we didn't do Sonic 3, because Michael Jackson would have... Uh, <laughs> Michael Jackson would have sued us from the dead. <laughs> he would have. <laughs> I'm excited, yeah, yeah it's going to be really good. That's everything for this episode, and uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for coming on the ship and uh, listening to us in our quarantine. Hopefully, well, probably being quarantined still by the next episode. That alien ain't going away. It's not going away. <laughs> well, I've been Dave. I've been Ben. And we'll catch you next time. Music done by Ben Loveland. Edited by David Harrison. Narration done by James Walker. This has been the Super 8-Bit Podcast. See you next time.